the example is always used with the horse and buggy and the horse and buggy whip. And, you know, what happens when you transition that to, to the car? And I don't think they understand in the analogy, we're actually the horse. This is Machine Meets World, Infinia ML's ongoing conversation about artificial intelligence. I'm James Kotecki, joined today by my guest, the CEO of Fortress IQ, Pankaj Chowdhury. Thanks for joining us. Hi, it's great to be here, James. Let me try this. This is my understanding of what Fortress IQ does. You map every process that happens inside of a business, inside of one of your clients, every technical process that you can map, and then you use AI and automation to try and make that a better process. How, how close am I? Pretty close, but I think the, the use of machine learning kind of starts even earlier in, in how we acquire that data. Well, we needed to say, well, how are we going to track a, you know, a, a piece of data across multiple websites, across multiple applications, across multiple companies? And so we used computer vision to do that. So, you know, kind of instead of following the data, we follow the human. We, we, we kind of record mm -hmm. what they do. And if you think about that uh, idea of an unstructured video, and then we built computer vision models to watch that video and translate it into the log file. So it's as if there is someone standing behind the person at their desk watching what they're doing. Um, we like to think of it more like as a, as a coach. If you were to you know, go uh, hire a golf pro or a tennis pro, one of the first things they do is put a camera on you and say, let's take a look at your swing and, and then be able to, to kind of show you how to, to better do that. Well, we look at it that same way of let's get that acquired data. Let's 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 record this, and then we can aggregate that across multiple individuals, and then see what the what the best golf swing is. And so, how pervasive is this in an enterprise? If you go into one of your clients, are you saying, okay, now everybody's screen is going to be captured all the time, and we're going to take all of that data, or is it more narrow than that? Much more narrow uh, today. Uh, you know. It's interesting where people are going and, and where customers want to use this. But the reality is we don't need to record everyone every day. We need a, a nice statistical sample of, of what's going on. If you watch how someone processes an invoice, we know that in certain businesses, there's a 60% probability that you're going to see a unique instance of that process, meaning it'll, it'll never be done the same during you know, the, the period that, that, that we're watching. And when you take all this data and aggregate it, are there... <clears throat> Things that you can say across a wide swath of companies or just about white collar workers in general that are either counterintuitive or maybe confirm with data some of the things we already intuitively know about the way people work? One of them is how much we have to communicate about what we're doing. So we've seen processes where you'll spend as much time communicating about the work that was done than actually doing the work. The other things we've seen is, is really how much time people spend in productivity apps and how those are the center of our world. Um, people have to get involved when when there when there's an issue, and that means you know collaboratively working and all these things. So just the the amount of work that occurs outside of your system of record is, is something that's that's quite astounding to people. Uh, you have a great mission, and I want to read this because I I, I want to get it right. <clears throat> your mission is at Fortress IQ to unlock the limitless potential of the global workforce by accelerating the responsible and ethical use of AI in the enterprise. What are the potential ethical pitfalls that you're protecting <laughs> against by putting ethics right into your mission? We are looking at how people work. There's a, there's a blending of how uh, of our work lives and, and our personal lives, and we need to protect that. Uh, and so we developed uh, the, the same technology that we use to understand computer vision and processes 
we built the, the tech in there to actually remove stuff that's personal. And, and so one of the things that we released a while back was what we call PEG, uh, our privacy enhanced gateway. And this is enabled to, to real time redact from these video streams uh, if you're going to Facebook, if you're checking your personal email, these sorts of things. And so the idea that, you know, with with great, uh, you know, kind of technology uh, comes great responsibility. We felt that we built a, a solution that can monitor at, at an unprecedented scale. We need to spend just as much time, technology and, and quite frankly, money uh, building the safeguards uh, to make sure that this is used properly and can't be used in, in some adverse manner. We actually have black mirror sprints at the company uh, talking about how could people use this technology improperly and trying to build in safeguards uh, to, uh, to address that. How much of the ethical question for you is just building technology that is more ethical or prevents unethical things? And how much of it is a bit more philosophical, like just the, you know, the age old question of just trying to get people to do the right thing, which, you know, religion, philosophy yeah. has been trying to do that for thousands of years. Yeah, I don't think technology is inherently ethical or unethical. Um, it's the people behind it and, and the use cases that, that are used. So um, but technology is built by people. And, and so the, the idea of, you know, why do we put it into our core mission is because I want, you know, the, the idea of your culture is what happens when you're not looking, right? Well, the, the decisions that people make when you're not looking over their shoulder saying this, this is what I want done. Um, I want people to understand that we are all about trying to improve uh, how these things are, are delivered. But we cannot do that while, while not accepting the responsibility uh, that this technology can be used in, in unanticipated ways. And we can't fix it later. Um, you know, they, we've seen that, and it's one of the reasons that Silicon Valley is getting pretty maligned these days, is that we move fast and break things. When you're dealing with people's lives, which is what we do when, when we're talking about, you know, kind of their employer and, and how we're improving processes, you can't move fast and break things. You you have to take that into account up front. And I, you know, we we've definitely seen that uh, that our customers, which are you know some of the the best names and brands out there, um, are very very um, they, they see that as being core to what they want to do also. The, the, the global fight for, for talent and getting good people um, is, is something that everyone's experiencing and making sure that you're giving them a good experience that takes into account their security, their privacy uh, is something that everyone's putting kind of front and center. So mm -hmm. ballpark it for me. How many other AI companies, how many, how many of your peers are maybe not unethical, but just not acting in an ethical way deliberately? Um, again, I, I don't necessarily know that you can, um, that you can look at it as, as the company doing something ethical or, or unethical. I remember in, um, in the election uh, four years ago, 2016, and I, I was uh, watching uh, an interview with, with Mark Zuckerberg. And I felt such empathy for him because he, the question was, who made me the arbiter of democracy? I'm a guy who started a social network, and now I'm responsible for making sure that elections run well. That wasn't something that was thrust onto him. The idea that you know we have um, implements, and, and so technology, guns, cars, all these sorts of things, and we have a, a social contract between each other and our government to say, here's how we believe these things should be used responsibly. Our elected officials 
don't understand the ramifications of a lot of this technology. The, uh, the example is always used with the horse and buggy and the horse and buggy whip. And, you know, what happens when you transition that to, to the car? And I don't think they understand in the analogy, we're actually the horse, right? We are literally changing the nature of work at its very core. And you can't just, you know, say, oh, well, you know, we'll, we'll do a tax subsidy for that. There has to be a kind of thoughtful um, debate about how do we transition an entire society to, to a, you know, a world where you don't need to work, right? The, the idea of working for bread is something that is, you know, I'd say in my lifetime, you will no longer have to do that. that there will be technology that, that can do that for you. And the societal ramifications of dealing with the, the idea that my self-worth comes from my job is something that I think, you know, we, we have a lot of opportunity to improve that. I want to end with a fill in the blank, which is when future historians, future historians of AI look back on 2020, they will say, I can't believe they blank. I can't believe they were that dumb. <laughs> yeah, they, they really didn't understand what, what was going on. The ability for AI to improve um, mankind, uh, find new drugs uh, to, to you know, end famine, all these sorts of things, optimize supply chains. Uh, I think people, they're going to look back and say, well, why were they using it for cat videos? Like these guys, <laughs> they couldn't really solve some interesting problems. Uh, Pankaj Chowdhury, thank you so much for joining us today on Machine Meets World. Good deal. Thanks a lot. Really enjoyed it, James. And thank you so much for watching. I am James Kotecki. You can email me via the show. It's mmw at infiniaml.com. Please like us, share us. You know what to do. Thanks so much for watching. That is what happens when Machine Meets World.